You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Yes, hello. You're very welcome to the Content Academy podcast. I'm Phil McGrath and I am joined by Paul Caffrey. Paul, my good man, what's up with it? Ah, uh, everything, you know, just uh, enjoying. Everything's up with it? Everything, yeah, everything. There is an interesting concept. yeah listen another good interview lined up today with mike broadwell from breakthroughfactory.com um mike traditionally started off in telesummits which is uh kind of going back away i suppose in in terms of uh when they were in their prime but some great he was doing them before people knew how to actually do them in 2009 telesummit you go figure that out yeah (laughs) technology wasn't an easy thing back then no well this is it and uh, i mean although the delivery method is a little bit dated the the concept of, of what mike did is very much still to the forefront of modern uh, delivery systems in terms of uh, using webinars and uh, blabs and periscopes and everything else in between so it's great I, I, we kind of have a chat with him about the the process that he used to uh, kind of gain um association authority is the way i'd, I'd put it i know mike has a, has a different take on it and um, but how how to create content without actually having to do anything yourself a fantastic way for you to kind of get some content out there without really having to struggle through the ideas uh, too much uh, yeah. and produce it. And I mean, that sounds ludicrous now, as you say, but I mean, that essentially, and building up a, a list of 8,000 people, making sales of a quarter of a million dollars, you know, um, and, you know, very, very, um, I suppose, modest uh, about it, not really, you know, big enough up as to being as much of an achievement as it is, you know. Um, and that was so, also but, something we spoke about in the show, Paul. Yeah, it is, yeah. Being far too modest, I suppose. But uh yeah, I mean there was plenty of other bits in there. I'm trying I'm I'm trying to rack my brains now staying, to staying on message was key, which we're not yeah. doing right now. Yeah. But he was, you know, very much very much he didn't focus on you know, a great piece of technology a very great piece of info was don't focus on the technology, but you have to have a, a true authentic message. Uh and you know, I suppose we should probably hand it over to him because he's probably done a better job of explaining than we have in this introduction. <laughs> That's um, because everything was up, Paul. That's why. Everything is up and get ready to be enlightened by Mike Broadwell from thebreakthroughfactory.com. Yes, so as I said, we have Mike Broadwell from breakthroughfactory.com on the line. Mike, how the hell are you? Doing well. How are you today? Yeah, can't complain. It's a pretty miserable Monday here in Dublin, I have to admit, but uh, we won't let that dampen our spirits too much. I think it's probably similar here, kind of cold and rainy and cloudy, probably a Irish day. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly sounds like it. It certainly does. Um, I suppose, Mike, just before we kick off, you might just give our audience a little bit of background about yourself, um, kind of where you started and what you're at at the moment. Yeah, well, I, my by training, I'm an electrical engineer, and I was in technical sales for about 20, 25 years. And about six years, six, seven years ago, I started doing some online marketing just mainly to help a friend of mine promote a book he had written and I really knew nothing about it. And since that time I've I've kind of stumbled into putting together telesummits and teleseminars is kind of my biggest accomplishment to this date I guess and put together a series of teleseminars that did quite well and have found that to be a very interesting strategy to a good way to kind of build a lot of content and things like that. So I guess the first teleseminar I put together was in 2009. And didn't really make much off of it, but was able to tweak two or three things I learned. And we sold almost a quarter of a million dollars on the next event in sales. So uh kind of was a nice boost there and did quite well with that until I had to run in with a uh, joint venture partner who turned out to be a quasi-criminal, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> that happens, too, in, in this world, obviously. But uh, Unfortunately. Got, got me and several other people that were doing telesummits, and so that one of those uh, life lessons, I guess, but uh, it's it's been quite fun, a great way to meet a lot of people. I ended up, had a girlfriend in England for a couple of years because of telesummits and workshops I was putting. I put on a workshop in England and ended up meeting her in the process of that. So it brings you some interesting uh, connections and, and friends from all over. So it's it's a great way not only to create content, but to just expand your horizons and meet a lot of great people. It oh, certainly sounds like it. I suppose a question here, and I suppose just to be very clear, you know, what would you define a telesummit as, Mike? Well, in this case, it was 
we were pulling together 24 experts on a niche topic. Uh, in ours, it was an obscure thing called energy healing, which is kind of a mind-body technique. And so what we would do is pull them together, and, and there's different ways to do it, but this one we had is like a series of infomercials. So we did two interviews a week for 12 weeks, interviewing each expert over the, the 24 time slots. And at the beginning of the event, all the experts would promote the event. People would opt in, so we built an email list, and then we created interviews. And they were kind of soft-sell infomercials, really. And then we would sell a special product at the end of the call that the expert would put together and we got a 50% affiliate commission off of it. So it was a kind of a win-win everybody. They got a wider range of promotion and, you know, people that are passionate about a niche will buy a lot of things. So we had several customers that bought more than one thing during the series. And so it's, it's just a good way to leverage the reach of the experts and they could kind of leverage, you know, off each other and, and all get a wider circulation for what they did. Excellent. Well, that's, that's pretty, I mean, look, fairly clear. And it's it's a different take, uh, I suppose, one that you don't see too often as well, which is, is nice. So, um, I mean, around that, so it was kind of what, interviews ahead of time and then kind of then kind of doing a live kind of interview to the weekend of the or the day of the telly summit. Or was it just that the interviews replayed or what way did you do that? Uh, this particular model, what we would do is live interviews. So we would kind of have a pre-interview set up how we're going to address the call, put together. It's a lot of work because you pretty much are creating a, a mini product for each of those calls because we wanted something that was unique that people couldn't just go to their website and buy anytime. So it really needed to be a, a lot of better value, better price, time limited. So we would have the interviews live in almost every case. And then we would replay them periodically. So we, we kind of would mix the immediacy of it's live and then you got 24 hours or 48 hours to listen to it. And then we would maybe replay it over the weekend and then replay it at the end of the event to try to boost more sales. I see. I like it. And, um, as regards, I mean, what sort of stuff were, were the guys, was it kind of digital kind of information products that they were doing or, you know, um, uh, what sort of stuff was provided? Uh, generally, uh, information products and, usually trainings or kind of do-it-yourself courses. A lot of them would have, you know, a webinar component maybe or a, a follow-up teleseminar call. But it was a combination usually of sometimes some physical products, might be DVDs or CDs, uh, online content, and, and maybe some access. We had some people that included tickets to their trainings around the world. So it was quite a, a varied, you know, sets of content and products that we put together and some of them just did amazingly well some of them bombed you know so it's it's one of those yeah. things that you know you, you kind of learn what what works and what doesn't yeah so, i mean in terms of coming up with the with the content that would go into those uh tele summits how did you go about deciding what kind of would fit and what would work and essentially what wouldn't for your audience well, we started with a theme, and our, our theme was using this, this technique called energy healing, which is an alternative health thing. And, and there's a lot of different variations. Some people use it for stress reduction or mindfulness or kind of woo-woo things. And we focused on physical health because actually, as you know, you may know or you should know, 95% of disease or more is caused by stress. And it's just really getting the way our, our kind of our mind and how we think and how it interacts with our physical body. So... We found experts who taught these different techniques, uh, ideally had their own techniques that they had developed or had advanced maybe a, an earlier technique. And so they were oftentimes the leaders that their people would look up to, their followers would look up to, or they had trained a lot of people. And so there's just a, a wide range of these techniques out there. And it just became a, a really kind of a smorgasbord for people that were interested in this. You could just learn so much and get such good value out of attending so i mean just i'm just trying to wrap my brain around this i mean you yourself mike were you an expert in this niche no i wasn't i had learned about it and actually i i had a neighbor that did the interviews i was it was funny she was in big into alternative health and she was not at all familiar with it i had run across it from a website called mercola.com who's a big alternative health a doctor online and then i had also had a, a life coach briefly i worked with and she used 
one of these techniques called EFT or tapping. And I was telling my neighbor about it. She thought I was crazy. And, uh, but then she got to experience with a local practitioner a form of energy chiropractic called the BEST method. And she was amazed because it helped her shoulder pain that she'd had for a long time. And so I, I basically, we had been trying to, I was still working in full-time full sales and I had met her when I moved to this area and, and we were working together and she wanted to work from home. So I said, all right, well, I'll fund the work. You kind of do it because she was pretty good with technical stuff. So I kind of directed it and funded it and let her work on stuff. And I just said, you know, you talk all the time. We need to, you know, leverage that and do some teleseminars or telesummits. And so that's how we got into it. Excellent. So, I mean, really what you're doing is you've, you've kind of brought the tech know-how to these experts and given them a, a joint platform that they can all promote from. Absolutely. Yeah. I call it uh, the expert bypass method is the name I gave for it. If you want to bypass trying to build yourself up as an expert, which is a lot of work, right? You got to try to get on TV or get on the radio or get on other people's platforms and everybody's fighting for those positions. Well, if you, what if you just create your own platform and there's always somebody that wants to be on a platform and so you can kind of become the, you kind of become as well known as the people you interview. If you, I don't know if you know of Oprah Winfrey over there, but she's a big talk show host. Oh, of course, here. yeah. Everyone loves Oprah. Yeah. And what does she know? I mean, nothing, but yeah. she just interviews people, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, can, I can see where you're, where you're going with it. You know, I just find that really, really interesting. It's, it's a method of creating content that actually doesn't require you to create anything. Which it's just a concept that I think a lot of people, when they when they think of creating content, they put it down to actual physical writing or creating videos or, you know, doing live um, Facebook or Periscope or whatever it might be. But in this case, your you a way of creating content that is attributed attributed to you is by gathering a group of experts within a niche, and then letting them give their expertise, but yet you automatically get accredited with that content. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic way. And I, I, I just wanted to be clear and go through for our audience that I can understand exactly what was happening here and how that can be done. So, I mean, in terms of, of reaching out and finding these people, um, how did you go about doing that? Well, pretty much just, uh, I mean, I knew a couple of them that I had met. And so I reached out to them and, and then I just Googled, Googled people that looked like they were, were doing something similar. It looked like it was a fit cold call them. I did get a couple of referrals. People would say, well, you need to call so-and-so. They'd be great at this. So we get one speaker, and they usually will give you somebody else if they're on board with what you're doing. Mm. So it was, uh, you know, really just going out and searching them. And it was a little more work because we were completely unknown in the market. Of course. I mean, we were competing with some pretty big-name people that were doing similar events, and we were just had no previous list or background in the market. So. It was, it was pretty incredible, really, to, <laughs> we did as well as we did. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just, my brain is buzzing here. I'm just kind of thinking about it. I mean, obviously, tell us someone's our own way to go with this, but given the, the kind of newer platforms that are available to people, I mean, a blab with something like this could be very, very interesting. Now, I know you're limited to kind of your interviewer and three interviewees, um, but it will be a, a kind of way of doing that if you didn't want to run a telesummit and would also kind of just to get your feet off the ground and, or even just get them wet a little bit by just being able to go out and find three guests to have on a specific topic. Absolutely, yeah. It's really, uh, and, and I think things have changed. Now, we were in the self-help field and it got really saturated over the last couple of years and we've seen a lot of people drop out. Just everybody and their brother tried to jump in and do it and it just watered down the things. And so... But yeah, you're exactly right. Anything that's kind of a joint venture where you're leveraging the assets of other people and the connections. And you you've got you know, it's almost like a recipe. You can you can mix and match almost anything these days. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I it, it's just to me that's it, it's something that I don't think a lot of people realize they can do. They feel that all their content has to be originally created, has to come directly from them, and that's certainly not the case, as as is evident through through, through your success, Mike. So I suppose moving on from there, you you've managed to find your guests um, for your telly summit. In terms of the interviewing, um, I know you said you didn't do that yourself, but obviously you had a large hand in that. 
how do you go about mapping out a pathway from the start to finish of the interview so that you can give the audience the content that they're essentially dialing in for, but also get them to the end point where you want them? That's a good question. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of a process of, you know, and I guess we kind of learned from some of the people that already were doing this, but you, you want to have a, a really good, strong content delivery to start off your interview. And in the case of the way we were doing it, where we're selling products on each interview, and I'll tell you in a minute, there's other ways to do that where you're not doing that, that, that I recommend people start with. But for these sort of infomercial summits, it's, it's kind of just a pattern where you want to, you know, kind of like a television show, right? You want to have enough of it where people get into it and then you put your commercial on. And, uh, you know, in this case, we would kind of segue smoothly into maybe it's a point where you, your guest talks about maybe their background and then they go into a process or something and maybe 20, 25 minutes in, they kind of segue into the offer that they have. So, yeah, the, the more smoothly you can coordinate and, and kind of smoothly transition into an offer. Yeah. And then, you know, move back into more content and then again, another offer and then maybe a little more content and then a closing offer. And we usually put a time limit on it, you know, 48. We found about half the sales would come off the live call because that was the most engaged people. And then the rest of them would come through the replays and then over the, the follow-up replays. So, so you wasn't a bit, of, a bit of scarcity marketing in there to kind of push demand. Yeah, we, we kind of combined it as it's, it's a matter of a really good deal because it's, it's kind of a unique combination of this person's products that you can't find on their website. We'd always have them add something, either combine some things, maybe add some uh, live teleseminar calls or webinars. Maybe they mix and match something or, or just come up with something completely new, but it was something unique. It was actually a really great price and it was scarcity based. So got a lot um, going for it. Mike, with, with that, I mean, how many people will be will be tuning in typically? Um, I mean, obviously, you mentioned some large numbers at the start there, but um, were you getting thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds, or what's it, what's it look like? You know, I'd have to remember the numbers. I think, you know, we would get in the hundreds uh, on when we were really going well. I mean, our first event, we built a list from pretty much nothing. I think we might have had a thousand people from the first event we did that really didn't make much money, and then then we maybe even less than that. Then we built it up to about eight thousand on the the first successful event, and we sold, like I say, about two hundred forty thousand dollars worth of stuff on that. And most of these are hundred dollar products. Yeah, so it's a lot of sales. It, yeah, yeah. I think we averaged something like twenty percent of our list on average bought something. It's just an incredible amount. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're really, really high numbers compared to any kind of industry average that you, you look at. Um, and I suppose, you, I mean, list building is probably something which a lot of people struggle with, you know, particularly if they're, you know, maybe starting out not um, in, uh, in any particular niche or a well-known expert. Um, was it a case that you were kind of the promotional activity of your, your, I suppose, your partners on the telly summit? Was it their lists that you were kind of combining or trying to appeal to? Uh, or was it some other promotional activity, Mike? Or how did you go about putting that list together? Yeah, in this case, it was just the lists of the other promoters, or the other people appearing on the event. It's really not something, this type of event doesn't really get good affiliate traffic because there's not a real good way to compensate affiliates. Now, there is one of the, the leaders in the market now does actually pay about 20% of the back-end sales to the affiliates. Uh, in addition to a front end sale that they would get 50% of, which is like recordings and some other extra, you know, stuff like that. But it's, it's more of just the list of the speakers. And if you think about it, you're getting the most engaged people. The ones that are really into the topic are going to like, wow, there's tons of this stuff. Let me jump in and do it. So that's why we got such good turn, such good response. And, and then it got saturated to the point that these speakers were on so many events. It wasn't special anymore. And it kind of, I think it, you know, really kind of died out and people weren't being very creative about how they, I say yeah. died out. There's still people making a good living doing it, but it's certainly not what it was in the heyday. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, I suppose, I mean, look, if we, if we move on from that a little bit, um, obviously, uh, breakthroughfactory.com is, is the site that, um, I suppose you're most well known for at the moment, Mike, um, and I suppose looking at it, I mean, it's, you know, it's well laid out. It's very clear. The power of three is, is there throughout it. 
Um, do you want to maybe tell us a little bit about the idea behind the site and what you're up to today? Yeah, yeah. It's um, what I kind of found through my own journey was I saw that a lot of people get into marketing and get into this and they're just kind of lost. You know, you're kind of lost in the woods and just <laughs> take out in some way and you're kind of maybe you end up paying somebody a bunch of money because you have no idea and they sound like they know what they're doing. And you can really spend a lot of time messing around. And what really got me seeing this was I went to one of these big expert meetings where then one of these guru guys who was really good. I mean, he's a great trainer and he has these great courses on how to be an expert. And there were a lot of really smart, small business people and practitioners there. But what I noticed when I would talk to them is they did not understand their core business, what they were really trying to promote. They didn't have a clear idea or it was halfway thought out. I mean, one guy was like a chiropractor who bowled 250 and played the spoons. It, that was his, it was something that crazy, you know, that right, made no okay. sense at all. And yet he yeah. spent a couple of grand to come to this meeting and, and fly to California and do all this. And there were other people that had more plausible things, but they what they would do is kind of gloss over that and then jump into the technology and try to figure out how to do their autoresponder and how to set everything up. And and they're just completely lost. And, and uh, so I tried to find what would I really want if I were starting out that would give me the best chance to succeed quickly. And to me, it's like if, you know, if I parachuted into Ireland and I had no idea where I was or I didn't even speak the language, I would, somebody came along and said, well, here's the train station. Here's, you know, 20 pounds and yeah, here's the, here's the there, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> So I, I tried to create something that focuses on the important stuff, which is core message, really nailing your market and then creating a, a way to communicate with them. And it's using some advanced kind of mindset stuff that kind of draws on what I learned from the telesummits. The other thing is I learned a lot about what kind of products really work because I, one of my main tasks was working with our experts to craft a unique product. So I saw yeah. dozens and dozens of products, which ones really worked, how they were presented. And so I got a real good background in addition to my technical background of years of going into places and figuring out what they need and what I have to sell them and very quickly having to put these things together. I, I've just gotten pretty good at helping people to see where their strengths are and help them to leverage their unique story, their unique message, and, and really find out how to do that properly. And I actually do the basic technical setup for them, mainly because I don't want them to worry about it. It's like they get hung up on their, as you know, people get hung up on the wrong things all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, they're constantly tweaking and changing that website and they're doing this, they're doing that. They've heard something and they're just, you know, wasting time, which, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult trap to fall into or an easy trap to fall into and difficult trap to get out of, I should say. Um, around that, I suppose, I mean, look, you mentioned one thing there, which I could, I'm sure listeners are going to be like, oh, hang on a second, you know, good products, you know, and obviously you're focusing on the fact that how content is important or your messaging, getting that across is quite important. But, and what, what you mean, I suppose in your opinion, Mike, what makes a good product? Well, a good product primarily is something that people will consume, right? It, it doesn't matter how well it's laid out. If it's just a bunch of information and people will, don't use it, it's no good to them. And so what we try to create here is understanding the mindset behind how do you get somebody to actually take on and learn this information. And a lot of it comes down to framing. Are you familiar with the concept of NLP and framing with the frame? You, we um, look at the yeah, world. Like I've, yeah, I studied a little bit of NLP, but feel, feel free to kind of expand a little bit for a benefit of our listeners. And Phil. <laughs> and Phil. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I know what neuro-linguistic programming is, but mm, I wouldn't have a great understanding. Yeah, well, it's and I've not studied it uh, very much, but but one of the main concepts is what we call a frame, just like a picture has a frame around it, and that affects the picture. So if I showed you the Mona Lisa with a plastic, pink plastic frame that I got at the dollar store, you'd probably think, well, the picture's just a, a cheap copy, and you'd throw it away or something, right? Or if I put a gold frame around a copy of the Mona Lisa, you might think, well, that's the real one. Look at that great frame. So the frame influences how we see what's in the picture. And, uh, and so it's kind of a term, and we all have a frame of how we understand the world and look at things. So if I come to you with something like energy healing, is that something you had any idea of before? Have you ever heard of that? No. I can't say I was familiar with it, to be honest. Okay. Well, I mean, for most people, they haven't. And so I say, well, actually, it's your mind. It's how your energy, which is your bioenergy, which is the 
what makes us move around. We have this, we're electromagnetic beings, and this is more important to our health than the physical stuff. We go to the doctor and they try to fix you physically, but actually your energy, your emotions, your all this stuff has a huge effect on it. Well, you have no idea of this. If you never heard of it, you probably won't believe it or you won't even, you'll forget about it. It won't make any sense to you. So what I'd have to do first is break your frame that, that health is going to a doctor, getting a pill, whatever, maybe eating the good stuff and not eating the, the fried foods or whatever. But you don't have any clue that we're actually electromagnetic. So I'd have to completely break you out of that frame so you now have the space to take in the new information. So that's one of the things that we do is, is show people how to craft something that people will consume. And it's also about creating the context, right? If you don't understand why you should do something, it's hard to figure out how it fits. Like when you're learning math when you're in school, right? You know, you're a kid, like, well, what is this good for? <laughs> you have no idea yeah, what you need yeah, it for. Yeah. I'm still asking that question now, Mike. There's some of the stuff we learned in school. <laughs> I'm still wondering, will I ever get to use Pythagorean, uh, the Pythagoras theorem in real life? Chances are, no. Exactly, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I can understand that. So I mean, effectively what you're trying to do is you're trying to re-educate your audience or your prospective clients or buyers so that when you offer a solution to this um, problem that you've educated them about, they will go and take it. Yeah, and it's a, it's, it's a powerful way that education actually works is because we got to break, because you know how it is. I mean, if you know some, some old uh, curmudgeonly person or something and you try to tell them something new, they're like, ah, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all that way to some degree. We, think, <laughs> we act the less we know about something, the more we act like we know it. And uh, it's a funny flaw in human nature that we can't just admit that we have no idea if this is right or wrong. So, I mean, and, in terms of putting something like that together, Mike, we we now know that this you want to change people's mindsets about a certain topic. Um, you know, you really want to break through those um kind of false facts as they are are put quite often. How do you go about then deciding on how you're going to do that? I mean, I assume you, you can't just take a wrecking ball to it. You've kind of got to dismantle it piece by piece. Exactly. Yeah, you can't take people too far because they, uh, you know, they just will, will tune out and won't pay attention. So, and you've got to connect with them. And that's where your, your message really comes clear is they've got to see you as a kindred soul, just like a a good friend, you meet somebody the first time and you realize, man, this guy is just, just like me. We're, we're just like instant buddies or something because we just get each other. Hmm. And you want your, you want your sales material to kind of be that. And it has, it's almost more on an emotional level. It's just something you just sense, right? About this person that, yeah, yeah they get me. I, they're, they're one of my yeah, tribe. I mean, we've, we've all yeah. met those people before and you kind of instantly take a shine. You're like, yeah, I like this guy. I get on with him. This is the kind of person I'd like to hang out with more. Um, instantly within within minutes of meeting, so I can certainly understand that. So I mean, in terms of um, of putting together that message, or any tips you might have for our listeners as to how they could do that effectively? Yeah, exactly. And then what, what I use is kind of a, a breakthrough process, which is you want to really build on a breakthrough as opposed to checklisting or results. Like a result means you might have passed a test, but it doesn't mean you know the subject. If somebody actually walked up and tell you, "Okay, you passed the test, now go fix my." car or something you know mm. uh maybe you took a test on how to fix a car and you you studied it but you've never actually gone in and fixed yeah there's a big yeah. difference in theoretical knowledge and practical knowledge yeah and so a breakthrough is when you've actually gone through it and you've mastered it and you really get it and so the first stage is to really get who you are who is your message because you are going to naturally resonate with a certain group of people there are people that you might know the same as a hundred other people have the same information there's only so much information out there as marketing or whatever. But what matters more is who is going to really resonate with you as the person they, one, do they believe you have the right stuff? And do they resonate with you as somebody that they trust? And so the more you can put you out there in a, in a powerful way that's real, I don't, I don't want to work with people that are fake. You don't want to fake it till you make it and all that. But you want to put yourself out there, and it's your unique story, your unique experience with this thing. You don't have to be an expert. It's just, say, you're, say you lost uh, 50 pounds with the, uh, I don't know, the Miami diet or one of these diets. Well, you can really help people do that. You may not know anything about weight loss other than you figured out a way to maybe tweak this diet yeah. and lose all these weight, this weight. That's valuable to somebody that resonates with you. 
And so, no, I like that. Yeah, that's that's cool. It's very similar to um, I suppose Tim Ferriss talks about you know finding your tribe and speaking their language. And so it was one of the key takeaways from his four hour uh, body, a four hour work week book from a good few years ago. Um, I like that. So I suppose once you've kind of so you're looking at kind of getting that that identity and that um, I suppose honesty, integrity going on. Um, how do you actually look to translate that? Well, that's what I do, and and the re- what I really saw people falling down and trying to do this was they need it. We all need objective guidance, especially about ourselves, right? That's why we have counselors and coaches and mentors. I mean, you go to a marriage coach or, or in a relationship coach, and they can say, "Well, if you just quit yelling at each other, you'd have a lot better marriage." And you're like, "Oh gosh." <laughs> It was. We yell at each other. I mean, it's like we're so blind to the obvious, right? But yeah. a third party who's not emotionally involved comes in. And what I see with people is we are so blind to our own strengths because they're so natural to us. I've got one client who's this, this gorgeous lady, uh, early 30s. She's a young mother, and we were on a blab together on another group we're in and Periscope. And she's like telling her kid, now, if you don't stop, you're going in timeout. And it was the sweetest, most... Uh, lovely expression the way she said that so i just sent her a little message like oh you're the all-american girl like next door you know and so she wanted me to talk to her about her marketing and i said you need where's the video of you i said you just come across as that girl everybody wants to marry or live next door to and yet i don't see you on your whole website and she never got it that this she just comes across so beautifully on camera uh, which is amazing. And so it's just even the obvious things because your strengths are just so natural. We're blind to them. Yeah. And I think there's a, and also a, a bit of kind of within all of us that we tend to focus a bit too much on what we're doing wrong and what we can approve upon rather than looking at what we're doing right already. Um, and I, I think that's certainly something that, that people seem to suffer with. And uh, me, myself, I'm, I'm included in that. And Paul, I know we've spoke about it before. And we don't really recognize what we've done because we assume that we're not brilliant. We're not great. But yet, when you tell people what you've done yeah. or what you've achieved, everyone else goes, oh, my God, that's amazing. How did you do that? And you say, no, it was no big thing. This is just what I did. But yeah, it is celebrating the wins as well is probably something which is moving on from that. And that's something we're guilty of not really doing enough of. But uh, that probably helps you. I mean, if you celebrate the, the small wins and the big wins when they come along, that probably helps you recognize you know, what you're doing well, what you're good at, and possibly gives you an idea of what to focus on. Um, you know, I like I, I like that idea now a lot. Um, as I suppose, as regards that, then is that is does a kind of do things kind of finish there, Mike? Is that kind of you know as far as you bring people on the journey, you get them set up, you help them, you know, focus on themselves, uh, and then give them kind of a level of of guidance to to bring them to a point, um, and then let them fly, or is is there something more to it? Well, it's a bit more to it. What I try to do is is get people clear on that. So I usually send them off with you know really work on this. And then, and it really depends on where they're at. Some people are quite clear about who they are, and, and then we just kind of work on their market. But it's, it's first who you are, then finding the market that you would appeal to, and then creating the message that really across to that market. And once you get that far, then it's a matter of just what are you going to offer them? How are you going to do it? Do you really come across well on video? Well, then use video. Do you really come across badly on video? Then maybe you do it in writing or you do it in audio. You know, and then it's just structuring the product. And I actually give people a member's area where they can put the stuff in so they don't have to worry about that. And I, and I put a, a basic WordPress site for them. So if they don't have a website, they can do that. But that's mainly just to clear that out of their head. But they can get a product up online very quickly. And they can focus on what matters, which is the message. Because, I mean, if what would you rather have a great message that maybe you walk around the street and just tell people or a beautiful website that people can't tell what the hell you're talking about. Right. It It's yeah. The no, message is so much more important. Yeah. Um, which I suppose then all comes back to the people focusing on themselves and as well as the exercises and the different bits and pieces you run through to help them find that because um, it is frustrating when you find great websites, but there's no substance there, you know, and there's, there's not a whole lot going on. So absolutely. Um, I mean, have you? I mean, if people were starting out, I mean, what? I mean, what tips would you give them? Would that be pretty much uh, anything else you'd add to, to what we've already spoke about? 
Yeah, just starting out, I think it's really important to, to one, understand the big picture of what the Internet's really about. I think a lot of people think there's just people dying to flow into them. All they got to do is stick something up and then the people start flowing to it. And that's just completely wrong. The Internet is just another channel of communication. It's really no different than communicating in any other manner. It's just, it's just that you can reach people all around the globe that are very targeted in their interests. But the basics of communication will never change. It's how do you connect with somebody? And if you think about it, if we're having a two-way conversation together, I can look at your face. You can see, you can read the feedback like, oh, I confused him there. Oh, I made him mad or I made him chuckle or whatever. You can't do that when you create a one-way piece of converse, uh, content like a, a sales letter, a video, or even an article that you're using to promote yourself. So you have to be able to create a two-way conversation without getting the feedback from the person. So you have to really understand who you're talking to and how to communicate that so that it's like the conversation will, will be very smooth and flow easily. So even though you're not going to confuse them or make them mad or trip them up in some way, but they're going to like, yeah, yeah, they're just going to feel like you really get them. So don't get away from the basics. And that's, that's assuming, and you guys have a content program. If you're, if you're selling what you do, your content, your knowledge, your expertise or whatever, that's so critical, so critical because there's so many options out there. What people really want to know is, are you the one I need to get this from? Do I resonate with you? Yeah, I can find the knowledge anywhere. I can Google it, you know. <laughs> and that's something I've said before on the show as well, that I really, without, without kind of um, being belligerent, I really don't care whether it's me you learn from, whether it's Paul you learn from, whether it's even you, Mike, it doesn't matter to me. What matters to me most is that you learn from somebody. Find somebody that reson that you resonate with and resonates with you and learn as much as you can from them. And then maybe when you've exhausted that, you'll find someone else and you move along. But find somebody, as I said, and I've said it before on the show, and again, I, I'm glad to see that I'm not the only one who has the same messages, that it doesn't matter who you learn from as long as you are learning. And it's the same message in presenting yourself. You don't have to be an expert, a guru. You just need to put yourself out there authentically in what you know and what you can really help people with, that you know you can help people with. And you're naturally going to find those people. We all have friends that we naturally resonate with. You're going to find those people if you can get the message out. So it's, it's the same both ways. So you're exactly right. Excellent stuff, Mike. I'm conscious we're getting on for time. So before we wrap up, um, I have one or two other questions I, I'd really like to ask. I mean, one that we ask all of our guests on the show is obviously um, we've kind of spoken about what you're doing and, and the great stuff you're at. But is there anyone else that uh, you've come across that you're really an avid follower of that you think is really killing it with the content they're creating? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff out there for sure. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who would be, uh, you know, talking marketing or just in general? Uh, in general, we just like to basically what we like to do is we like to talk to our ask our guests about who they really think um, that they're following, that they really like the content they're creating. So we can kind of put them in the show notes and direct our audience to them and say, here's another person who's creating really great content. Have a look at what they're doing just for ideas and see how they lay out their content and how they get delivered their messages. Yeah, well, one, one I will give, and he's not publicly well-known yet. He's going to come out in a big way, but uh, who kind of mentored me through a lot of this is a guy named David Mills, M-I-L-L-S. And he actually runs a program called OMG Machines, which is a SEO program. Oh, well, OMG Machines, uh, okay. OMGmachines.com, I believe, is the website. And it's, it's a pretty pretty pricey SEO program, but... Uh, a lot of what I've learned has really helped solidify my thinking is he's a meta strategist who is just brilliant in how the mind works and how, how to create products and accelerated learning. So a lot of these ideas, I've, I took my experience and I was able to learn from him a way to really understand how they all fit together in a very powerful way. And so he's developed this OMG Machines program. is is probably the most successful marketing program around. I mean, the, the results that people get from that are just incredible. And uh, so that's one that people could check out. Brilliant. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes so people can have a look. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I definitely I highly recommend it. it. It's And it's just built on such a, a powerful 
method and outlook. It's just very abundant based. It's not at all guru. I know it all. Listen to me. It's, it's a very open, brilliantly structured program. And so it's, it's not cheap to join. And uh, I can give a lot of the same information because one, he's very happy for us to share this methodology because it makes everybody's life better when we're, when we're better to be open and more uh, communicative. So if you just want to learn some of the methodology, that's what I share in the Breakthrough Factory. But he does it in a much deeper level uh, as well. But it's it's something that's uh, you know you can get a good good feel for in what I do. Excellent stuff. And the the last question I have, and I don't know if Paul will have any more for you, but um, oh, it's gone. My question is completely gone out of my head. What was I going to ask you? <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens. Um, Oh, yes, that was it. The other question we always ask our guests, or we at least try to when we get the chances, um, obviously knowing what you know now and everything you've been through over the years, is there one thing that you've learned that you really wish you knew when you were starting out? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that is exactly what I've tried to do in this program. And that is to really get clear, to get a big picture of what I want to do. One is just, you know, do I want to sell products? Do I want to be an affiliate? What it, what is my core strength? What will really carry me through? Um, and so that's one is that content and you guys are on the right track because content is so much more important than technology. As you've seen over the years, technology is getting easier and easier and easier. So yeah, it's, don't it's worry a, about the technology, focus on the content, which mm. is the huge part, getting that part right. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't make it. That's why we, why we do what we do. I mean, you, as we've said already in the show, you can have the best looking website in the world. But if the content isn't there to engage an audience and hold their attention, well, then you're wasting your time. Um, so Absolutely. it's all about the delivery rather than the packaging. And even if you're just completely freaked out with technology today, in a year from now, you can probably have your, your cat do it for you. <laughs> it's getting so easy, right? I mean, it's it is. It's ridiculously easy. Um, yeah. Paul, any more questions before we let Mike go? Uh, look, I've a few more. I'm, I'm going to park and we've took a, enough of this good man's time. Uh, Mike, thanks very much for, for coming on. Uh, if people want to reach out and get in touch with you, how can, how can they reach you? Well, they can go to BreakthroughFactory.com if they'd like. Uh, that's one. And they can also uh, just Mike at Tall Hickory, T-A-L-L-H-I-C-K-O-R-Y.com. Tall Hickory Marketing is my company name but uh, either that or breakthroughfactory.com there's a contact form they can find if they look around through there fantastic stuff again we'll make sure to have links to all those in the show notes mike it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today thanks once again for taking the time to come on the show and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon yeah well thank you guys very much really enjoyed it appreciate what you're doing yes so there you have it that was mike broadwell from breakthroughfactory.com Paul, what do you make of all that? How is your NLP knowledge working after that? Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he pointed out one of the key things to NLP within framing. And, um, you know, he highlight, he show, explained it quite eloquently, especially better than I'm doing right now. Um, yeah, how do I, you position something? You know, a lot of us don't think about it. We just make something and, you know, we put it out there. But positioning it is quite important. Um Look, he spoke about communication, um, getting your message across, finding your tribe. Um, and you can't just come in like Miley Cyrus. No. No wrecking balls. No wrecking balls. I was about to say, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, like, <laughs> no, okay. you can't just take a wrecking ball to it. You've got to take it down piece by piece before you can build it back up again, which is what I got out of the little NLP piece there. Um, I think, though, isn't that what she's saying in that song? Is that it was like a wrecking ball, and that's why it hasn't worked. So ah. it kind of is Miley Cyrus's message. Oh, no. Really? <laughs> I think so. No. Um, anyway, I don't know. Let's, let's go back and listen to the song. Um, don't focus on technology. Just focus uh, on your content. Something we're all about here. Um, and uh, Mike is as well. So that's, uh, you know, that, that's quite relevant. Uh, and again, a trap so many people fall into. They optimize this. They change that. They want to make something look cool. They want to add a new app to their side or a shiny plug. object to shiny object and yeah all of a sudden you've run out of time to get that content written and it's it is not as you know good as it could be and you're not serving your audience so that is something which 
again, home truths stay on message uh, and actually, you know, focus on what you have as opposed to just focusing on all the different things you want and, and doing them all poorly. Yeah. Um, um, the other thing that I got as well, Paul, and again, the, the reason I bring it up is because it's something we've mentioned before. It's about finding someone that you resonate with to learn from. And um, we spoke about that on, on the show, but and I love the fact that Mike recognizes that as well, is that your knowledge is not necessarily unique, as in there could be plenty of other people within your niche who can do what you do. But realistically, what you have to try and convince your audience is, is that you are the person they want to learn from. Um, and I really, really like the way Mike understands that and how how that is also part of your message that you you, you need to, as you were saying in the show, Paul, um, you know, you need to speak in, in their language. Yeah, look, absolutely. Couldn't uh, agree more with that. And um, what do you make of this idea of actually not creating any content at all? You know, it's pretty much getting people in um, to do a blab or a, a webinar uh, or tell us some that are, are experts within their within their niches and then leveraging their knowledge to kind of help you gain almost instant authority it's it makes a lot of sense doesn't it you know as you said at the beginning you know authority by association mm. um i like it um but i think you know you're probably better off taking it on in a niche that you're planning to work in um, because it's ultimately, if you're going to run one of these events and, and follow that path, that's probably six months of work, you yeah. know, maybe three months if you really work hard and you not do anything else. Um, so, you know, I'd really kind of say, yeah, I can see how it would work, but I'd be looking to, um, I suppose, you know, maybe make an authority site off the back of it so that yes, you can maybe get access to people and you might have a moderately successful event. Um, but then, I mean, look. You want to make sure that you know you're breaking down the walls as such to actually a, a niche that you're in. Now that's my take on it. Maybe you could just flip it and kind of go from event to event to event, but I think that could be a terrible waste. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know exactly what you're saying, and and that it's a very valid point that I, I think people need to be aware of that if you're going to do this, you know, you need to be in it for the long haul. It can't just be a get them on, flip a couple of products and get out again. That's not really going to work. Eventually something like that is going to, you know, it's going to run its course and it's not going to be a long-term strategy that really is going to sustain any kind of business. Um, so certainly I agree with you there, Paul. It's got to be a long-term plan and you've got to be in it and um, working within that that niche that you, you plan on staying in for for uh, quite some time. Um, well, you've just got to think about it like, you know, you can't really, you know, live a lie. And you can't really run for all your life, you know. So it's very deep and meaningful, Paul. What you want to do? Very deep and meaningful. Yeah. I think on that note, we might just wrap it up there. Um, thirty day challenge, Paul. We're still going. Yeah, yeah. I've come <laughs> in like a wrecking ball. Never hit so hard in love. <laughs> I was enough Miley's lyrics there to you, and it turns out you're actually right. She was the one who was the wrecking ball, just as you were, you know. So, um, thirty day challenge is is it's been tough actually. It's been a tough week. Um, I had a bit of travelling. Uh, I had some partying to do. Which oh dear, knocked me back a day or two. I have to say. Um, so not I, able to party um, like you used to. Not able to, not able to drink cocktails, not able to, yeah, absolutely not, and have to get up the next day, you see, this is it, it's, it's a busy schedule, I don't have time to recover like I did in my college days as well. Yeah. Um, 30 day challenge, so it is going well, um, I have got more hits on my content than you have on yours, and I've At produced a little bit more, so, or you've produced a little bit more, so it's kind of nearly like a, a double win, however, yeah. I am playing catch up over the next couple of days, and... I am traveling to the UK and I am traveling to Germany later in the week as well. So I have to try not make the same mistakes that I made last week, this week. But how's it going for you? How are you finding it? Yeah, I have to say I'm really enjoying it. Um, from the point of view that obviously we've been we've been around a, a long time now, as much as we don't want to admit it. But I mean, you know, 
there's certain things that I kind of had forgotten or there's been advances and stuff that I hadn't really looked at in a while because we, we have processes in place that we, we use and we trust and we know that they, how they work. Um, but it's certainly in, in, in having been writing about social media, um, for this, I've been looking at some new ways of kind of revamping, um, our social media stuff and other ways of kind of using platforms that are out there that other people don't seem to have quite twigged or if they have, I haven't seen anyone else do it. So, I'm not claiming it original ideas here, but I just think there's some stuff I haven't seen it used um, in in the wider marketing communities and in content creation content uh, marketing communities. So I'm really enjoying the learning process um, as yeah. well, and kind of even the the kind of as I call them unagi moments where I'm kind of looking at it, kind of going, ah, you could do this. This is a different take on it, and this is how it could work. So I'm really really enjoying the kind of yeah back to school feel that it has with it um and the i mean the writing every day i love anyway that's what i I do write every day so i've no major problems there so i kind of yeah that's true you always talk about that and that's something i fall in and out of love with i'll spend a few months doing that and i'll drop off the radar and then i'll go again but um uh, yeah say keep it going i I like i am a fan of the stuff you're writing the stuff (laughs) you have to say that i could (laughs) i don't really have to say that i suppose as we've said before you know when Phil publishes something, I won't always read it. It has to be good to get me to go, okay, let me have a read. And in fairness to you, you've, you've tweaked the interest and helped me. Uh, you got me to read a few of your things, um, especially the stuff on the per- on Periscope was good. The, um, I suppose, conditional Twitter stuff was quite interesting as well. If this, then that. I did like that and the kind of Twitter automation, which um, some people are doing very, very poorly, but that seems a, a quite nice way about going, of going about it. And um, there was another piece of content. Oh, yes, yes. The Facebook instant articles thing. I think yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, um, again, I suppose, the, I mean, these are probably podcasts in themselves, so we won't get into too much detail now as I know we're kind of doing a wrap up. But yeah, 10 days in enjoying the 30-day challenge i'm winning so i'm happy with that but uh, for the I'm moment for the, the moment stakes so you know watch this space yeah so listen we'll leave it there folks thank you very much for taking the time to join us today um and hear what mike um broadwell had to say if you want to get any of today's show notes you can head over to content.academy forward slash episode 22 will give you everything you need to know but until next time it's a goodbye from me Uh, To see you later from me. Hasta luego.